Yo, 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 what's up, baby? Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Selena's Underground Podcast. You look at Selena's with news, culture, events, musicians that I've known since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, man. We're back. And yeah, and, and we got another, we got a guest in the studio today. These are cool. And especially this one, because, man, I've known you for most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that voice you hear there is. Stephen, Reverend Stephen. That's right. You you got ordained or something? I'm, legally, some I'm legally a reverend. Yeah. <laughs> Are you I, really? I am. I uh, got drunk and bought the title on the internet, and I've been definitely using the title ever since. I've definitely <laughs> married a lot of people. I the first time I well when I got the title originally, it was because I wanted to. Well, so gay marriage was becoming finally like actually legalized in California, and I thought as a show of solidarity. Just kind of in the name of love, you know, I thought like, oh, I should marry people for free, you know, who've been waiting. Yeah. And so I put my services for free on Craigslist. Really? And then I got the hot idea that I was like, well, also, it'd be cool if I did some rock and roll shit. So I was like, I can also do like satanic baptisms and I don't know, coming out parties, like fucking like baptizing people in glitter and lube and shit. And well, suffice to say, no one hit me up. So, uh, and I realized also like the. I mean, those were separate advertisements, by the way, but I, oh, uh, I was yeah, like all in one, not all in one. No, no. But, uh, I, if, the first one was very sincere and you know, one hit me up about it and I realized that like, oh yeah, probably, you know, all these people have been waiting to get married for like years and years and years already have people that have been waiting to probably like have called dibs. I'm like, I want to marry you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I just eventually ended up, uh, just marrying people that I know or putting up my services for people who really want to get married but can't afford like a big ceremony or whatever i'll like do it for free or whatever and uh yeah <laughs> I've, I've, crazy. yeah i've been hit up for like uh <laughs> for like citizenship stuff too <laughs> really yeah I, I haven't done anything what are they yeah but they're like you're so you can that would like legally work right and i was like well yeah like all right we'll hit you up. well i never got oh that. to like get married for so citizenship for, oh yeah, i thought yeah. i was like what are you gonna do at the at the citizenship office yeah <laughs> no yeah i but, pray over the Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, so I actually haven't followed through with any of that, but I, I have got I have gotten propositions to like help people become citizens. So, <laughs> but anyway, the the main thing you're here, the main thing I want to talk about mm. is music, man. Yeah, man, because you are the music man. You've been doing music basically since I've known you. Oh, dude, maybe since slightly before that, because I we met what was we like ten or eleven. Yeah. When I moved, yeah, when I moved to the north side and I started going to Gavilan View, and that's that, right. yeah, that's, that, fine, yeah. that's really when mm-hmm. there's that group is still, still we were just talking about anyway. Yeah. And I never so often I'll see people from 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 the hood too. You know, <laughs> like I still see uh, well, I, B for instance, Stephen Berlanga, he was uh, in he's a doctor now, yeah, doctor of music, yeah, yeah. and he so was, he's not that real. And I was in like, you're not even a dentist, yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, yeah, he got. Yeah, it's yeah is he like i've never heard of himself call himself a doctor but like he totally can but it's like i don't know what's like I, I wonder what it's like i haven't asked him but like yeah if you're a doctor but you don't actually like help people physically like does is that like is there like a weird taboo amongst the doctor community like where it's like well yeah you are a doctor but like i know in, in politics recently and obviously i don't know enough about politics but there was something like that that she, it was like as a PhD person, yeah. they would call themselves doctor, and like conservatives were like, "You're not even a real doctor. You're like a psychologist." You oh know? yeah, actually, yeah, that was uh, some uh, who's oh, yeah, there's uh, like a politician out of New York State. I forgot. Anyway, yeah, no, I was in my first few bands with him, and like he actually, we're still jamming. He moved back, <laughs> dude. And well, and it's crazy because now you could talk about the scene in here over decades, man. How how True. is and it's weird right now because we're still in the midst of this COVID thing. You know, yeah. there's still some show. There are more shows going on right now. Yeah, it's 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 odd uh, because like a lot of people have been like hurting to see things live. I mean, we've had whole like political backlashes against people not being allowed to like go out in public, and so they'll like use excuses, you know, and say like, "Oh, I don't need a mask," or like, "It's fascism to like." got to basically care about other people i guess it's like what i get out of it but it's like dude as someone who's like someone who like yearns to like play live like that's like one of my whole you know uh, uh, foundations of, as a person like that's something that like i spiritually connect with or like psychologically connect with however you categorize it that like it's it's like well we still have to be careful you know like i don't know there are these people who like just want to 
I don't know, just like go out to restaurants and shit. Now things are open again. You know, there's still the threat out there. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm just glad that we're getting to a point where people are able to be a little bit more agreeable maybe because things are open a little bit more. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But live, live music has begun. Uh, I remember being one of the first bands I knew to get back to playing. And I remember feeling sketchy about that because I was like, I didn't want to like offend people by, you know, like by like creating a get together that people would definitely come to because people yeah. like, you know, but also other people definitely will not. And so we, I used to have problems like finding bands to book at these shows because like people would be like, uh, they'd check in with their band and like some people would be down and some people would not because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but shit's wide open now. And now I'm doing actually a musical in Monterey. And so that's a whole, it's a whole thing with COVID because then everything's by County. Right. So it's like mask mandates. They, Oh, here's a deadline to start a mask mandate or whatever. So they chose like before Halloween this year, which is <laughs> what that will like one of the, that's like the last day of our play. So, so which is Rocky horror picture. Show yeah, exactly. You want to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, Rocky Horror, technically Rocky Horror, the Rocky Horror Show, because there's no picture. There's no picture? Oh, right. picture is implies the movie? Right, like oh, a shadow cast okay. or something, right. So uh, we're the Rocky Horror Show. There's like a, band, a live band. There's uh, live actors, stage lights, audience participation, food. There's uh, actual like actors and shit that we tell People like don't throw like rice at them or squirt gun. Don't squirt them, you know, because there's this whole like you know participation thing to it. But people do and get kicked out and shit. Oh, I thought you were saying that as in like don't squirt them. That means squirt those dudes the most. Well, to be fair, there's a bar there too, so like people are probably pretty agreeable about that. Like at first, and they just get way loose. And so I mean, but to be fair, it's like kind of the show that like if you're gonna go to a musical and get drunk, that's the one because then they're like practically naked people walking around and audiences yelling at the actors and it's just like and how do you how do you, if you say like you're the first time goer or whatever how do you know what's cool to do or not or yell or do you just play along <laughs> or do you just like fuck that guy yeah well so some people do i guess everybody does it differently because like there's i mean there's this whole tradition right where like if you're they call them virgins because the play is a highly it's basically like a cultural like clash or juxtaposition between just sex and horror and like weird gender shit in the 70s which now is like not you know because so many things have like kind of paved the way for the conversation that we now can have where we can just fucking like you know let people be people hopefully or like still worse because we're still fighting for that sort of thing yeah. some of the language is outdated also but it still has this like kind of revolutionary respect as being like one of the first kind of like cultural phenomenon phenomena that was it was just kind of like it was like the hamilton of its time kind of, yeah. <laughs> i didn't like the, the the guy who wrote it who's also in, in it he plays like the butler basically um he said like yeah i'm not really a smart man i just kind of um put a bunch of stuff together that i like and uh i don't know i like uh, i think he's like transgendered or i think he's actually agender now which means he doesn't or we still accepts he pronouns anyway um, right, it's deep. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pronouns all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but then he was like, oh, yeah, well, I really like horror films and, like, rock and roll music. So I just kind of put it together. And, like, it's one of those things where, like, I think people, like, either loved it because it was they loved all those things that it was about or they hated it because it was, I mean, just kind of a ridiculous B film. But because of that, like, divided kind of reaction i think it became like a, a cult play because it was a play first and oh that, that was gonna be my yeah. next question was it a, so it was a play it was first. a musical first yeah and then uh so they um and then fox bought it and then they got big like they just they uh compromised because i guess uh they were like well we should have all american actors because it was an english play and then richard o'brien who created it was like well we should actually have the actors from the play because they know the play and the characters well and so they're like, all right, we'll just put some Americans in these roles and it's fine. So then we, they, they had, uh, it was almost like a, they created a little bit of a familiarity. It's still some weird, like, uh, stuff that doesn't make sense. Cause it like now the play or inside the movie, they're like, it's, they're like, Oh, you know, in Ohio, right. Denton, Ohio, I think is what it's called. But then like the main characters were basically just like a run of the mill, like Barbie and Ken, like they're just kind of like driving. They're like, Oh, well we like a tire blew out. And then they're like, wait, didn't we pass a castle? 
It's like, what the fuck? A castle? There's no castles in goddamn <laughs> Ohio. They, yeah, in Ohio. <laughs> but they just act like it's all like normal. Yeah. But anyway, so it's a weird, yeah, it's like total, a total B film. But anyway, so like there's this whole traditional thing that's been kind of like attributed to it now. So like when pe- there's like protocol, I guess you can say. But I mean, I guess one time someone who hated the film who was seeing it because it began like as a midnight phenomena as a play before the movie even was a thing. And I guess like someone just shouted out, there's like arguments over what the first shout out was, but like the one that I heard was that Susan Strandon goes, it's wet or it's raining or something like that. And then just someone who was just fed up with a play or was drunk or whatever, it was just like, then get an umbrella, you cheap bitch. <laughs> and, then, and then everyone did that. They laughed. Yeah. And then people, and then it just began from there, you know? Anyway. <laughs> so now People know that that's part of the play, but then because there are obviously people who've never heard of it because it's such a, like an anomaly or people who have heard of it, but haven't seen it or what have you, they call them virgins. So like people will even be kind of a, like afraid of showing up because <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Cause what if they put a spotlight on you or something? You know? Well, that's yeah. what they used to do at least at the theater I do, I, I do at, which is paper wing theater. And we're doing just to put, get that in for all the people paying attention, all the millions out there <laughs> it's uh, probably in the low hundred thousands right now yeah, but it's well, getting we're, there we're, we're getting only 12 there. minutes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh but anyway so paper wing theater it's uh until uh halloween it's fridays eight o'clock show uh saturdays eight and midnight and then on halloween which is a sunday it's also an eight and a midnight and that's also our anniversary so it's going to be very special now on the midnight shows we get a little loose we like improvise. We try to break each other on stage. That's a huge thing is to making another actor laugh on stage on at the midnight shows. Cause you can like get you like the boundaries of like the, the monotony of doing your lines get, you know, uh, get a little looser. So like you can kind of ad lib things. You can do little bits. And then, and so that's why a lot of people on midnight shows that come to see those because they're like, well, I know the play, but I want to see them like, you know, get weird with it. Hell yeah. But so yeah. Uh, when, when people come for the first time, usually what ha- what they used to do, and the, our theater doesn't really do it anymore, but they're just more generally informative. But they used to t- take them out in front of everyone, line them up, take lipstick and draw a big V on their forehead for virgin. <laughs> and then they'd uh, teach them the main shout outs, which are what, every time they say there are three main characters that are like, I guess, the neutral people. So there's like Brad and you say asshole. Every time you hear his name, you yell asshole. Uh, Janet, you yell slut, and then you yell, oh, and Dr. Scott is the other, and you yell, suck my cock. <laughs> right, yeah, so then they and make them do that. Throughout the the showing, every time you hear those names. Yeah, yeah, no, every time. <laughs> and last night was such a good show, the audience was so great both times. Like, it was like, packed, was it packed houses both times? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm on the website right now, paperwing.com, paperwing.com. and... This is for next Friday. Everything other than the only the show is sold out. <laughs> so it is pretty popular, and it's $30 for, yeah, for the show only. 30 for the floor. And then there's also, since they're a restaurant, there's also, like, you can get a meal ticket. Yeah, too. you could get the hot patootie impossible meatloaf. That's right, man. It's, <laughs> what the hell is right. so Well, like? that's because uh, the meatloaf, is it the uh, the singer, is in the fucking musical. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, well, I don't want to give any spoilers away because, you know, it's a very, very uh, story-driven musical. But uh, we'll just say that uh, there's a little tie-in with Meatloaf being the dinner. That's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, but last night, every everybody, like, both shows, like, they there was not one time that we said Brad, Janet, or Dr. Scott on stage where the whole audience didn't say, asshole, slut, suck my cock, which is fucking like <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. amazing. Amazing. That's, it's just, it's like being home for me because that's just how my family talks to each other. So that's great. It's very familiar. Yeah. So let me see. We're getting that. Oh, so how do you know? So yeah, some people just go into it blind and they just know you're supposed to shout. So they, you know, just get all fucking hammered and just shout it in appropriate times. Or, you know, you can make up your own shout outs to, you know, if they're actually funny, like, you know, then cred, credit. Somebody there. invented suck my cock at some exactly. point, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, people get pretty creative with them. I'm trying to think of, like, there was one last night, actually, that, like, um, that kind of broke me. I forgot my fucking line for a second. It was at the midnight show. It was someone said, uh, so uh, uh, one of the characters says, I was saving myself. 
right? Because they just, I think it's implied that they just had sex for the first time or were about to. But uh, someone in the audience like went off on the like long, because it's like quiet in, in between that and <laughs> until someone says it. But so one person in the audience like went on a long advertisement for like a tax company or something. What the hell? Like, yeah, like double your investment, so on and so forth. Like I was like just, you know, sitting there like waiting to say my line and I almost fucking laughed because I was like, uh, yeah, it was just so out of left field. Yeah. Really. I mean, people dress up like all sorts of ways. Some people don't have costumes as the characters, so they'll just dress up like just fancifully or like in close to nothing too. Like I don't know. It's 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 a fuck. It's it's a show to see. It definitely is. Um, yeah, you should go. Does it have a, a plot that you can follow? That's arguable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have my opinions about that. That change every show, actually. So I would say maybe. Yeah. There is like there is definitely a beginning, a middle, and an end. But it's just it's like does it make sense? I don't know. Who's to say? It reminds me of like a Jolarowski film or something. Oh, Holy Mountain? Nah, dude, dude the, the gunslinger. No, I know, but uh, he did uh, Holy Mountain, which was uh based like which was filmed in Mexico, but it was supposed to be India. Yeah, he did I a think. bunch of. He was Chilean, and he did everything in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, and again, his movies have a beginning, a middle, and the end. But that's it. But like, yeah. it's like everything else is just like, what the fuck? Like, like in the next turn, were those metaphors or like, what the fuck did I see? Yeah, like so a, much blood. Like in Holy Mountain, one of my favorite parts of that, which if you haven't seen it, you definitely should no. see. Just smoke a bunch, like a fucking your, your body weight in weed, and just fucking <laughs> watch that film. But it's um. So there's this part where they're like climbing the mountain after all this cult shit happens, which is basically the whole first part of the movie. And so there's like this expedition up, up a mountain for like religious purposes. And then this one chick is like, I don't know if I can make it. And then this other chick is like, don't worry. You just have to persevere. It's about the, the journey, not the destination. And then some other dude's like, rub your clitoris against the mountain. And then like. <laughs> The the other the second chick that's again she's like you can do it I believe in you you just have to look inside yourself and like accept that uh, in the future you're already at the top of that mountain or something like that and he says give yourself to the world like it's just like what the <laughs> fuck? It's, you're like do I just not get this or is yeah, this shit just crazy yeah I know I don't mm. is there something like is there a point if there is like is there one point like what's I don't supposed to i guess it's subjective right so like so jesus was real <laughs> holy fuck it all makes sense now which there is always a fucking jesus figure in his films too which is yeah they're very christian yeah um and actually i want to shift over a, a sure, little bit let's do it and uh, we'll talk about get into more of your music and and yeah, also yeah, yeah. again rock rocky rocky horror show still a couple more weeks yes. or up until halloween that's right um, it looks, I don't know, at least for this coming up weekend, the dinner is sold out, but there's still Ooh. tickets for the show. So, nice. um, so yeah, go check that out and I'll definitely try to go check. I need to get out of, I just come here and eventually go to the bar across the street and then go home and work in my garden. Hell yeah. I got to break that cycle. I got to go to Monterey. That's a good cycle though. I um, like it. But before we do move on, uh, can you read me? People have been asking stuff. Lo lovely, uh, lovely wife, uh, Josie. Can you read me what people are? Oh, that's cool. People are commenting. Well, I love it. Brian says, Brian Peterson says, don't save, invest. That's it. Don't save, invest. Yeah. Double your investments. You think it was, you think it was Brian Peterson actually that one that did it? No, he was doing lights. Oh, okay. So he fucking, damn, good memory that. on probably that. Probably cracking dude. up in the booth, man. Yeah, he's a hell of a worker. That's fucking hilarious. People are saying hi to each other in the comments. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, What's man. So, <laughs> <up>, guys. <laughs> Uh, so you said you wanted to change gears. Well, what? What? Yeah, because like I, like me. I said, right when we started, music has been such a big part of you. Yes, forever. And mm. so I, I saw a documentary on PBS where all the good ones are. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it was called the the Jazz Loft. Actually, you know what? I saw it on Amazon Prime. Fuck, sorry, PBS, you still rule. <laughs> but it was called the Jazz Loft. And if you haven't seen it, fucking see it. It's amazing. The Jazz Loft. Yeah, the Jazz Loft about this this. He was actually a photographer that had a, a loft, okay. very intelligently uh, titled, yeah. in New York City in, I believe it was in the meatpacking meat district. Mm -hmm. So after five o'clock, when all the fucking plants shut down, he had free reign mm -hmm. to do whatever the hell he wanted. Mm -hmm. What he loved to do is sit on his window and just take pictures of the street. 
They had some really, really amazing street scene pictures, you know, because these people don't realize they're being watched from the third floor or whatever. Mm. So you get some really cool real-life pictures of New York City. But also this dude was hella homies with all these jazz musicians mm. of that time, you know, the Fats Dominoes and all those oh, crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they they set up a fucking piano in there and just went fucking town on the piano and fucking this is actually how i had heard the name dave brubeck but i had never really listened to him take five and fuck yeah classic dude uop baby straight out of stock dude <laughs> like, really yeah he, what yeah he graduated from university of pacific no way yeah the the, the music school is named after dave brubeck no like, shit that yeah, must have been dude. before stockton was like super abandoned then yeah, that, I was just like, wait, what? What are the, what are the great jazz artists of all time? He's not from Stockton, but, but he, he was, went to University yeah. of Pacific. No, that's significant. That's that's crazy. Yeah, because oh, I remember like the last time I went to Stockton, I was looking for a friend of mine, and I straight up like was like, yeah, if I just like look at the downtown area, like you know, there's uh, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna like run into him somewhere because he's a very social person. But then I found out that it was like a very scattered. So, like, I wonder, like, damn, like, it's like Detroit there. Like, you know, it's like, it's, it's wild. But it's also, like, good music comes from places of pressure. That's why I think there's a lot of good music in Salinas. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm getting at into, you know, this isn't a Jazz Loft promotional <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast. But right. that that got me to thinking, again, it's so weird, like, name dropping on podcasts because most listeners are like, what the hell is that? But this All is right. one, if you know, you know, I was straight up thinking, Miss Kay's house. Oh yeah, and where it's like kind of an intersection. It's not like kind of like the factory, it, like uh, that's like Andy Warhol. Yeah, spot, yeah, exactly. Where just bands came through, or like people came through, and just like the weirdest people you've ever met, like somehow met once, maybe there, or yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not that I want to do a documentary or anything about it, but to me, it's just like how special the that was, and how much that did help the scene around here or sort of yeah. part of the scene i mean it's salinas is, is dude, big and the area is big yes there have been dude there have been actually many touring bands that have come and like crash it on miss k's floor or whatever the hell uh and it's definitely been yeah probably i'd say like within the last at least 10 years i would say miss k's house and then like somos art gallery around the corner here um, have been like the two i don't yeah i didn't realize that about miss k's house but probably two bastions of like of uh like keeping indie music circulating like in this town, like for, like around here or like afar, you know? Yeah, dude, and that's one of those places, like you could show up on a Friday night to Miss Case house and see like some hardcore cholo <laughs> talking to some <laughs> yeah. like hipstery dressed yeah, dude yeah. And, and they're having this really great conversation you know it, it, or just straight up meet like a hipster ass motherfucker who like talks like a cholo until <laughs> like it's just like it's like oh yeah yeah it was this this like melting pot you know of this yeah, yeah. this really was like i don't know like like leave your insecurities at the door kind of thing and your shoes yeah well, it's an asian household yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and and that and to me what was so special about that is that it wasn't one house mm -hmm. it i i feel like miss k could move every year there was one there was one exodus from seville yeah. street to where she is now which i shouldn't say um, right <laughs> on the air i was like, driving up and down seville street mm -hmm. for them. but um but you no know, and that's what i think is cool is that it you know sometimes you know again we we've all left our neighborhoods now you know mm -hmm. and we can't get that closeness again but there was something special about you know wherever she went or or that family or whatever it is again the the same environment followed along you know that you no, could, absolutely and, and that's no. what I don't know. It's one of those things that I'm like, fuck, dude, I wish I could either write an essay or a book or, or some. There is it's a memoir in general. Yeah. yeah. Of, of experiencing that, you know, of being there. And yeah. You know, I, I actually I've, I've had similar thoughts. I, there are definitely like places I've lived where I feel like those were just whole novels like, you know, in my life. And I feel like they I feel like uh, other people would find them interesting because I think they were also like somehow significant to the area at the time. And, and I, you know, a lot of. Kind of our creative endeavors, I, I like will kind of start, but then like not finish because I there's just so many ideas, you know, it's like oh, yeah. it has to pursue. So like, you know, I'll, I'll like I'll have a lot of un untied ends, but I actually began writing a memoir kind of about like a certain point in my life from like to a, another certain point in my life, I guess you know, that's what a memoir is. And um, yeah, that was that was involved. Yeah, I think 
I think that absolutely should be written about, especially by a much much better writer than myself. <laughs> we need freaking well, Tom it should, Wolf or it would, something to it come would, down. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, it, may, it should be one of those things like, you know the book Please Kill Me? Uh, you're reading it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that book. No. It's uh, like an oral history of punk rock and its uh, beginnings. So it starts off with like Lou Reed, right? Like from the Velvet Underground, which the factory, you know, the, yeah. which, uh, you know Andy Warhol is his factory. But uh, so it's like all interviews with people who were there or people who were associated with the play, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that sort of thing would actually fit probably pretty, pretty well. That would um, be sick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the idea of like taking snapshots of like periods of music or like art or just whatever, you know, is happening at a, at a time. I actually have an idea coming up for like a film project that I want to do involving as many musicians from Salinas and then also Santa Cruz, Monterey, but, you know, to kind of do that, to like kind of just like catalog in, in a way like what's happening now around yeah. here to try to like unify kind of the scene, you know, because especially with like since the to take the conversation back to having seen things um, happen over several decades here, I can remember back when MySpace was starting to come up and then there were like defined scenes where it was all word of mouth or like flyers on corners or like things like that, you yeah. know? And so you'd have like, you'd go to the same show if you were punk rocker, you'd see all the punk kids and you know, there was a certain vibe to that sort of show. Maybe some band that everyone heard of was like coming through town or whatever. They're going to go play at Rolling Sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, you know, then there would be, like, you know, the hardcore kids or the scene kids or whatever. They'd be doing their own thing. and But, you know, but and then MySpace came about, and it made it kind of easier for a while, right? And then uh, also because of, like, things like, you know, Napster and Kazaa and LimeWire, things like that happening, then you had the uh, music industry change with the way that um, – music was sold or the way that bands or like artists were sold. And then you had also like a uh, shifts in the rate, like the radio, like algorithm. Like I remember actually when the rock station in town turned to like half rock and half hip hop. And then now I think it, I don't even know if it's a station anymore, but I, I don't really know if there even is a modern rock station anymore. Then eventually like what would happen was then I think also like genre wise, like there wasn't so much of a kind of like a scene, there were there wasn't like it wasn't easy to like too easy to have a scene because everything was so like fragmented so it was just a bunch of bands that were like very different like maybe that would play together like sometime here or there whatever but at least people would go out and see each other's shows you know i do know like a lot of videos got closed down in salinas or they were not maybe not closed down but they just stopped having shows because of like violence but that was the 90s and early 2000s you know things i think things have calmed down Man, I so wish that, and and I we would have not been able to overcome this wave. But when we used to do shows at the Copa, man, that shit was so cool. Oh that was God. the spot. That is, <laughs> I will have you know that's the drunkest show I've ever played. By the way, I was like, when you you disappeared off the stage at one point. I sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I have a video, and you're just rocking out, and all of a sudden you're gone. <laughs> it was like a magic act. You never stopped singing. I don't know how you, you, know, you ended up doing it. I live with Colin, actually, who was the keyboardist then. And he, uh, yeah, actually, I forgot we even played. Wow, I need to, okay, I need to reminisce. I saw him recently at a trivia night at XL Public House. Oh, yeah. Every Thursday, trivia. Yeah. He's got glasses on now and shit. He's all sophisticated. I know. <laughs> He's. And we know who you are, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Again, Miss K's house, dude. Yeah. That it's so weird that you know, every time I see, he bought me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, damn, now you know, I feel like a dick. I gotta buy you a beer now. <laughs> but yeah, again, that connection that what was right there was, you know, hanging out at Miss K's and mm-hmm. again, Colin's a really cool dude, but we're from two different circles, you know? Yeah. He's a he's a theater dude. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we I would probably see him at Excel and be like, That guy's got a cool beard, you know. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. it. But yeah, because yeah, yeah. The MSK, you know, we were able to really, really meet each other and know each other. And was, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't yeah, mean no. to derail that with the, the thing, but yeah. No, absolutely true. Yeah. And it's it's the place that's been around also the whole time. So like, you know, uh, the, the like, yeah, because I, 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 I moved away. I moved away to Santa Cruz because I remember thinking like, well, there, I know there's still a scene there, but it's like a lot of art rock. And then also then when it's not that, then it's like, you know, very like not divided, but like stark contrast of like punk metal and then like college art rock oh really yeah and then but they get a lot of through traffic because uh they're definitely a stop you know between la and san francisco 
and then the catalyst is there. So, you know, I mean, they do the guy history. Salinas is like, Salinas, there's like a lot, I think there's a lot of like good art here, but now there's not enough places to display that art, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the only place that I know of, and maybe the, I'm out of touch. Oh, there are two places actually, because there's that bookshop around the corner. They have shows. I know they have like an art walk now, or right? Or maybe they've been having that for a while. But I know yeah. Somos throws like indie shows. So they'll just have like goth nights, goth bands, or they'll have like punk bands, they'll have indie bands, they'll have like, you know, that whole thing. Because they're used to the sports bar, after that cl- closed down, I remember thinking like, well, where would I go to see shows now? And Even it, Casa Sorrento used was, to do shows. And- yeah, yeah. I hope they, I hope they open back up with that because i know I'm, I'm sure that i hope that was a covid thing because uh that's another thing that was just like <laughs> that's another wave of bullshit that just like you know closed things down but i think people are a little like uh, kind of like groundhogging a little bit you know they're like you know trying they're like peeking their eyes out the ground to see if it's okay to come out and you know. no yeah you could totally see that there's some weekends down, downtown here that are fucking packed it, it looks yeah. like busier than ever before and then there's another weekend where it's ghost town and it's still not consistent people still yeah are tripping out yeah. but in in santa cruz are there actual venues or the venues kind of like here where it's restaurants that have an, an extra space bars Oh, bars. bars. And actually, okay. well, like some, I mean, actually, some of them are, like, straight up, like, huge stages with, like, also a bar or, like, whatever. So, like, yeah, there, there are venues. Um, that's also the, the Santa Cruz is more of a place where there will be just a regular business, like, yeah, like, just, like, a little, like, dive bar. And they'll, like, figure out how to put a show in the corner sort of thing. As far as, like, restaurants go, the, yeah, Crepe Place, I know, is a restaurant that has music, too. But they, I think they, like, lean pretty hard on the music. I think they're owned by musicians yeah so i, I just it's that kind of place where everyone kind of is an artist anyway so that's just yeah like, it's like yeah there are venues but it's also like what's not a venue in a run here <laughs> you know right yeah dude and that's kind of also something that i think not i don't know if holding back the selena scene is a way to say it but again it santa cruz is close enough that it's there you know that like why you know it's harder for selena's to get its scene developed when you have when there's like a com- little community yeah exactly Same with monterey but also monterey a lot of stuff is closed down too yeah a lot of people attribute violence to it but i think i don't know like that just happens when you have venues like i don't know like people get drunk and pissed off and that for something and then they'll like I don't know, hopefully go outside and you know but i know like people be like started getting stabby for a while like what 10 years ago Damn. Like at let bars, yeah. And uh but I don't think it's like a liability so much anymore because I feel like I don't know, I look around and I feel like it seems like things have calmed down so somewhat. I, without going too far into it, it just I feel like definitely for a long time people were like po- had post trauma from the nineties when things were like I mean, all of California was just kind of <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a kind of a dangerous place to be. But I I think things have somewhat calmed down. Um and yeah, I I don't know. I hope I see I hope I see venues open up around here. Like I, one day maybe I'd like to open up one. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's interesting you say the the bar thing because I love Old Town and it's a great neighborhood and we have our studios here and I know people are tired of me hearing say that. I always feel I don't know why I always qualify my my comments like I'm going to talk shit right now, but I don't really mean the disrespect. Like you know, I think it's, it's because we grew up not being. What taught like emotional intelligence and now we're like yeah, right. overly aware of that sort of thing because we've taught ourselves like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yes yeah. that's a good good way to put it i yeah. agree with you fully. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but like this place can you can put 10 more bars downtown mm. 10's maybe a bit much right now you could probably do five easily oh yeah you can do five and they'll all be packed on the weekends yeah and you know then you add to that to the five or six that are already there uh-huh. One of those tens going to need to stand out. So I think somebody will be like, well, we got extra space, you know, like yeah. come do shows here. Yeah. I mean, I think that the XL and, and I mean, I always talk about that place as well, but I think they do an excellent job of, of really bringing in this, this different mix. That's right. Of, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember seeing a very great band from Mexico down, like a punk band from Mexico in the, in the cellar. Oh yeah, that was, that, that's such a great place. To yeah, have. that was fucking awesome. But yeah, I I don't know, dude. I, I it's I love Salinas and and but dude, I trip out sometimes of how like we're so big. Like 
Yeah. 163,000 people. The new census just came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to think we we're a small town, and then, like, I realized, like, oh, sh- we're actually huge. Yeah. I didn't know how big we were. Yeah. And, and but then, yeah, like, but sometimes you go to a city like Watsonville that is smaller than the east side. Yeah. And and they seem to have more, like, a sense of community there, you know? And Yeah. I guess that happens when you see the same people, like, you know, like, no matter where you go to. Like, you know, that's, I guess you're, like, kind of more fo- forced to socialize. Right, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, I want. I wonder about that too, especially because like down, like Old Town now is also getting like super renovated. Yeah, I, well, there's a fight for the soul of Old Town happening right now. Yeah, I know because like it does. It kind of looks gentrified, but mm-hmm. it also and like the parking situation. Like I don't know, I liked it better the way that it was. Like I feel like the kind of sign kind of fucks up the skyline when it comes when you like see the foxy because the foxy is so beautiful it's like an old art deco building yeah and then like they just put a sign in front of it like it's like why, why did you do that but i mean i can see what they're getting at though like they're like well we want nice things you know so they're like, like i i see that i don't know i think the allotment could have like been used for other things well see and that's what <laughs> i i again one thing i said before and i'll say it again is i believe it's not just Bruce Taylor, but the Taylor Farms Company mm-hmm. is desperate to have this look like something that they could show off to to people when they come visit them. Because uh. they have their headquarters there, you know, so they want to be able to be like, and this is the steak shop, and that's where we buy our fancy wine, and, you know, uh, and it looks yeah. like a Santana Row type thing. Yeah, But it's like... But Salinas is poor, bro. Like, yeah, dude. We, we're all my fields, man. No, yeah, exactly. Like, I want to go to a place, you know, like a used record shop, you know, yeah. like a vintage used clothing store, yeah. you know, a, a food. I was just, I want to say a taco shop, but there's already a thousand taco shops in Old Town. Well, but like a, yeah. a fucking gyro or whatever, you yeah. know, or gyro. I don't know how you pronounce that. I don't yeah. even know how to pronounce it. There's not yeah. enough around here. <laughs> But how cool would it be, you know, to have a place that does, you know, like for a $5 one or something. Like you were just saying that there's a crep place in Santa Cruz yeah. know, that does music. We don't even have a crep place. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Quiet or not. <laughs> um, and, and to me, and that that I would love Old Town to look a little bit more like the end of Telegraph Avenue hmm. right by the the main gate of Berkeley. Yeah. Where you do have your H and M's or whatever your 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 thing, but for the most part, it's these really cool local shops. Yeah, you know, this morning I just got you know vegan donuts from Whole Foods Vegan Donuts. Like I would love for them to have a brick and mortar shop in Old Town. Yes, and yes, but and and to me that's where I'm like someone like the Taylor Company. They don't see that, you know, that's not cool to them. They're not going to go. They don't shop or hang out in Old Town. Mm-hmm. Again, they just want it for the one time every two months, you know, that yeah. the Forbes big wigs are here or yeah. something. And they want to show off like, look, at, look at all this greatness that we're doing. Dude, yeah. the the first thing, because they, they own the Greyhound building now. Oh, okay. And the very first thing they did is put up a fence. Like put up a fence around the parking lot and put a sign that says Taylor Farms Parking Only. And in Old Town, again, they, they put up, again, they redid all the whole thing. Part of what redoing it was closed-circuit TV cameras. Mm-hmm. Whatever, not a big deal. They, they, they're all over the place. But it just, it like, it doesn't make it seem inviting, you know? Yeah. Like, don't fuck up. We're watching you. Yeah. And yeah, like uh, some sort of, like, panopticon situation where it's just like, oh, I, I feel like this place is... Uh, definitely be like owned now you know in a, in a weird like uh it's only semi-public yeah you know? like not, yeah yeah it's yeah dude and also all up and down with the that re- renovation they put power outlets so you know they could put fucking lights or whatever out there mm. you know how many people i saw charging their phones or their devices or whatever well couple weeks after that mm-hmm. there's locks all on those fucking things now locks locks damn and it's like bro how much power was people charging their cell phones taking and yeah. i get it you know honestly like most of utility really and that's another thing yeah like okay the city we're paying for that right it's, our taxes are paying for that yeah so i don't care if this person uses a half a cent worth of fucking electricity yeah. to charge their phone yeah. and, and to be quite honest most of them, at least the people that I saw, mm-hmm. seemed like they were, you know, transient, homeless right, type yeah. 
You know, and it's like, bro, one, give them some goddamn dignity. One of my biggest, one of my biggest issues, actually, as an artist, that I try to like fight for and have, um, I'll just say, plans to like have a hand, more hands-on um, effect on is uh, how cities kind of seem to like just not take care of the citizens that like are the most in need, uh, which oftentimes tend to be the houseless, you know, the transient populations, because a significant degree of that population tends to just be abandoned by society because they can't even help themselves. Like they become foreign to the people that love them and then they become cast out because they think that because they're being, so they'll be like in the throes of a psychosis. Like, you know, they'll, they'll start, living with schizophrenia without it being addressed or maybe them realizing it or like their families realizing it and their families will like start to think like, well, wow, why is Chuck being such an asshole? Like yeah. these days, like, well, they start drinking a lot, kick them out, you know, or whatever. And then, so that'll happen. They'll end up on the streets. You know, we're taught by society, step over that person or don't talk to them. They're crazy. They use the word crazy. And you know, that's, it's really dehumanizing. It's like, it's really, it's, it's unfortunate. And so like, you know, uh, there, there used to not be as much of, um, push from local populations to like take care of you know the that that uh, sort of demographic and uh, i think there was just less awareness um i think we're con starting to like build more awareness but there are things that cities do that like seem to like purposely address symptoms of home of homelessness or houselessness whatever the nomenclature is these days but and i used to be homeless so i don't know who is in charge of you know that that uh that nomenclature but uh, i'm you know anyway um but yeah there are things that cities do like for instance they'll like put up like yeah just like uh, spikes places so oh people can't be there for long amounts of time or they'll like in santa cruz under bridges they put noise emitting f devices on their lights so that and cages basically like so that anywhere that a homeless person could sleep they they won't be able to anymore. yeah that won't be one able to fall asleep or two they won't be able to find any place to lay but on the ground i know that because i had to sleep under a bridge once or you know so and uh, another thing that they do is uh yeah things that are helpful like public utilities they'll they'll yeah they'll put locks or things on that and yeah i know it's like kind of a safety issue for like people working in the early morning, say who like go to businesses. Like, you know, for instance, like, you know, you, my wife, she like opens a coffee shop sometimes. And, you know, like uh, as a, as her husband, like I worry like, Oh, you know, like in the darkness, like that's just like a vulnerable time to be, yeah. to, to be somewhere like where, when society is still closed, but at the same time, like, okay. So addressing a symptom of society would be to like, oh, to put spikes on the ground or something like that's kind of just like an asshole move. Right. I don't know. I think, with all this money that like is put into like gen you know basically like wa washing the culture of our city that had like a, a nice like character to it yeah like that that money could be allotted to actually like maybe starting at what would be like truly like financially the ground up and helping people who can't provide for themselves so that may be like you know more people who exist in our society can be contributing members or can, are at least not constantly suffering, like just in a humanistic way, like that should be a priority. Right. But it's, I guess in, when it comes to, you know, corporate interests, there's not, you know, of course not no incentive for that. Yeah. That's some money losing props. If they could make money off of it, then they would exactly. So it's all, they would it's jump all money, on. It's all money talks. Yeah. I've known actually mm. at this point now a few mayors, <laughs> I just have known a few mayors and every time I talk to them about these sorts of things, they say like, I could totally agree with you. And like, I believe the same thing, but what it has to come down to is a movement from the people and that, and it like it's money, like people, the way like you change, you know, people's minds or get things to work like that is it has to have funding. So if you can like, even if it comes from like a grassroots thing, or if you can like, if there's like, you can do something like like create like a council for this sort of thing or yeah. like get it approved, but it has to be funded and it has to co usually come from like public awareness, you know, Dude. these sorts of things. And it's like the money's there, man. The money's there. It exists. Yeah. Dude, there's, and I, I'm, I'm, this, I'm not anti-science at all. I love science. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in science. Science is, yeah. is good. Yeah. But there's this thing called the James Webb telescope that people are losing their fucking shit about. It's supposed to like, 
we're finally going to see aliens or some shit with this thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a high definition camera in space. Oh man. Fucking shit costs like $22 billion or it's some shit. It's trying to uh, surveil everybody. <laughs> Even well, we yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, but what, what Trish is like, that's neat. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love it. I, the, the nerd in me is so excited to, to, to see what this thing is going to give. Absolutely. But, but I, I, I'm reminded of that, that fucking song, Whitey, Whitey on the moon. Oh yeah. And that was like, neat, yeah. neat. We're yeah. going to get better pictures of Sagittarius or Taurus or whatever the fuck. But we, we, there's still people sleeping on fucking in canals right here in our fucking town like we're fucking we're we're prioritizing the wrong shit yeah well like we got that billionaire space race and now like jeff bezos who's like just like just went out his way to like try to make like space happen for himself is also trying to like live forever it's like what the you asshole yeah there's there's, there's problems other people have real problems like i don't know yeah but that's a whole nother conversation dude i'm telling you the old it's capitalism is the problem i'm not i'm not a communist not a socialist maybe i exactly like the older i get it's like same 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 for me like you know people I ask me all the time because a lot of things they say like are you a communist and uh are you a socialist it's like well i don't know i believe in social programs because i believe in populist like ideas i believe that we should care for people uh as far as my beliefs go i don't i don't try to politicize them to the degree to where like i want to align myself with anything like uh and mostly that comes from that being kind of well terms like that being like boogeyman's for uh, for uh, exactly for, yeah for people in conversation to the way i automatically turn off it's like you know if anything my 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 beliefs for how to approach society come from my background being like a native american like sprung from this place you know like i feel like well you know i'm I, I feel like everyone who was born here, or even who wants to be here, who tries to be here, fine, like be here, that's fine. I understand that w- history has happened and not, I guess, necessarily in the favor of people that I come from or whatever, but that's fine. Like, you know, there, there are things to appreciate about American society too. But, you know, I feel like, I feel like well, knowing that, you know, people are, are marginalized, that should not be okay. Like that is a fundamental problem, you know, and I feel like, the way that my people used to live, because like I, I found out like a few years ago when my grandfather died, just to what degree Native American I, my family is, and and uh, so yeah, it used to be a very like, you know, a very almost like I guess what you could say in a modern sense is anarcho-communism, right? But isn't that just like people fucking like hunting, gathering? fucking like i don't know like living together to like cultivate the land like live you know living in a communal space but everyone still had their own space but they didn't really have much of an importance on material possessions or so on and so forth but still people knew what was theirs and so on and so forth like you know i i think i think when people try to attach all these like very politicized words to them it, it kind of sometimes it robs the ideas of like their importance like their conviction it's like don't put that in a bracket like l- l- let's talk about the issue like if i start if i say if if i lead with hey do you believe that that the american government should take care of its citizens who are really in need someone is more inclined to say yes than they w- would be if i were to say do you believe in socialist or social wor- welfare pro- programs you know like one thing's very charged the other thing's just very co- like common sense so yeah. it's like i feel like the, a lot of these terms like definitely like get used but they're usually used if anything like to attack other people it's just very strange it's a kind of, there's a relationship of command that this is me being a big fan of noam chomsky but like there's a fucking a relationship of command that politicians people who lobby and then the media have with basically kind of like manufacturing consent is what noam chomsky calls it but like basically getting people to be be complacent or like you know just like kind of be socially reactionary to each other, be predictable, kind of, kind of be uh neutralized. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, man, when I, because I, I would, I'm still a sports writer. In fact, once a, once a writer, always right. You know, but when I actually <laughs> yeah. got paid to do sports writing, yeah, it bugged me so much that most is, and it's, and I covered American soccer. So it was really kind of niche. Mm. And, but most of the articles and the stories out there were just pressed releases that are emailed to the press because i i got those emails Mm. and then i would see four or five hours later the articles that came out that were basically copy paste you know you had a couple couple little zhuzhs or whatever and 
And then you see from there the like the audience, like Reddit or Twitter or whatever, people saying, see, this writer said it. That means that's the truth. Yeah. And I'm like, the the team dictated that. Mm. You you couldn't ask them a question, you know, you couldn't get a real right. like why did you make this decision? They're like, No, all the it's there in the email. Mm. Like just put that out there. Yeah, yeah. And it would bother me because like number one, I'd be like, That's not real journalism. Right. You're just yeah. parroting something. Like yeah. like go find the story. Yeah. Find, you know, and yeah, yeah. And that's where then the the team would be way more less inclined to like invite me to things and you to give you less information because oh. you look like you're the agitator. Flack, they just call like, that right in uh, in the in journalistic community. They call that flack, right? Where you like you do something a little bit less uh, linear, and uh, then people who are, I guess, like your bosses or maybe more powerful than you in, in that so they will kind of like uh, dictate uh, whether or not that was okay with the climate of what they're trying to achieve right that's yeah. that flack yeah fucking editors man uh, <laughs> editors don't know shit just yeah. kidding I uh, love editors dead yeah uh, who's is anybody very quiet those silent, millions of people know, yeah, silent well, majority it's a silent, silent majority, majority. That's yeah that's like, there must be an agreement <laughs> back to music my band the red light district we're getting back together Oh hell yeah! We have a show in at Moselle in Santa Cruz on the day before Thanksgiving in November, which is the day each year that the most DUIs happen. On what what day? The day before Thanksgiving. The day before? Oh shit! Yeah, the man. People day. party like motherfucker. Yeah, everybody's home. Everybody's home. That's exactly <laughs> it. And then, they, but they're home like early, so that the next day, so they can prepare. So then they're like, oh wait, you're home too. You're home too. They all go out and get fucking hammered like, you want to go see the new arch downtown exactly. <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm telling everybody and i tell this because for some reason this is the day that i guess like, to be fair i used to play pretty drunk so i, <laughs> I guess that's also like kind of uh, uh coincidental i'll say that that was that's the day that red light district used to always have our big our biggest shows every year so it makes sense that we're returning on that day this year but i always tell everybody get an uber get a cab get a lift whatever do not drive drunk I just went to Renaissance Fair last weekend and we Ubered. And I'm like, damn, that eighty dollar like, thing was no, that's not a problem. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I mean, it was because I'm not rich. Yeah, but yeah. the not having to worry about any, and it, it sounds dumb, but I'm more. Well, imagine hurting somebody, dog. Yeah, that's the one where, like, if that's, I'm an idiot and I run into a tree, yeah, then that's, I'm a stupid. Fuck. Then I hurt myself. Yeah, yeah, if I get a DUI, then like, uh, then like, I guess I fuck it's my. It's embarrassing, own but it shouldn't happen. If I hit, but if I like hurt somebody else, like that's like, how would I ever forgive myself? Yeah, exactly. And and nowadays it's so simple. Yeah, fucking Uber, I know, Lyft. I know people my age. I'm almost 34. I know people my age who still do that all the time and swear by it. And it's just like, dude, like grow up, like like be be like have empathy. Like you you know like people. I don't know. And but yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like if you don't learn to stop doing it, you know, like early on, then it becomes then you're gonna bound to get caught or hurt somebody. Like you know, it's a isn't that like just like probability, right? The like more times you do something, eventually a, a consequence is gonna come about. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. in our thirties now, so yeah. yeah, you're. Yeah, we're like old enough to feel old, but not old enough to call ourselves old. And because there are people who are, I guess, like older than us that would frown down upon that. So we just so yeah. we have yeah we're like yeah we're like elder millennials. Yeah. Too like we we saw 4chan and EverQuest and all that shit like come up dial up yeah that's which is weird because now everybody there are people who were born that that uh, are adults now who would just don't do have never lived without a supercomputer in their pockets at all times. Dude, I, EverQuest is like my passport to coolness for the nerds. Yeah, me too. But, I, that's that's social currency for me too. Yeah, dude, but nowadays you that do also that. I, I accept as as currency. I'm like, oh, you played EverQuest. Oh yeah, you're automatically right. cool. Okay. But again, you you bring that up, and the more and more you know, as you get older, it, you get more of the response. Like, my dad was really into that game when oh, I was a kid, and yeah. it's just like, oh. damn, at 34, you know. Pe to be fair, though, our friend's dad was also it went into that game back then too, though. So yeah, he like, definitely. So you now someone could say my grandpa was into that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, dude, because yeah. John's kids is like 12 now, right? Or yeah, something. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a tradition at this point. Yeah, that that's crazy, dude. Yeah. But anyway, we're reaching the hour mark. Is there anything that I missed? 
This uh, is always a promotional thing as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. The, so, yeah, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, once again, is... No picture. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's right. The Rocky Horror Show. Sorry. I've been watching the movie so much that I'm just, I'm just like, brainwashing myself. But uh, the Rocky Horror Show, I play Dr. Frankenfurter, main character, I guess you can say. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, every Friday at 8 and every Saturday at uh, 8 and midnight. And then also on Halloween, which is a Sunday at 8 and midnight. And it goes until Halloween. Um, there are floor tickets for thirty, but there are also like dinner tickets too. So you can for some table. days because some are sold out. Some are sold out. There's a bar there. It's a lot of fun. There's uh, let me see if I missed anything about that. Um, there's so my uh, the red light district is reuniting. Also, anyone familiar with us? And uh, we're yes, once again performing the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, at Mo's Alley, which tickets are on Mo's Alley's website, Santa Cruz. So look, so uh, look into those. Um, and then my band, my punk band, uh, Oedipus and the Motherfuckers, is their name. <laughs> we're yeah, we're streaming on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. So I think that's it, dude. And actually, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, or Rocky Horror Show, mm-hmm. was watching the movie. Would be that like a good little primer for it, or is it so different that you'd be like, whoa, no clue. Well, it depends because, like, uh, I, I try because my character, the one that I play, is so iconic that I try to play him super. Cl- I mean, super close to like the movie. And Tim Curry is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, but uh, of course, you know, there are going to be ways that it's adapted to the stage because of the stage play and then the movie script are there are there are differences. And also, there's only so much you can do to adapt things from the movie to the play without having to like. On it, like like really get really expansive in vision and like you know do like a lot of uh, st- stage building and things like that. So yeah, there you know there are differences, but I I think it it's worthwhile to watch the film. I think that's I mean that's the reason why everyone knows about it. I think you I think you should just watch the film even if you never come. At you least you won't get that. called out if you're if you're an embarrassed person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No one's gonna call me out. Yeah. Yes. There's a review on Blogspot. Oh, there's a review. That's right. There's a review on Blogspot. Can you, what's, what's the name of the Blogspot? The Rocky Horror Picture blog. We got reviewed by uh, these people who dressed up and they went to both shows. They're like fanatics of Rocky Horror. <laughs> and they, it was, yeah, they sung praises about us. Uh, they knew all the shout outs and uh, they were very great. But I, it, were they one, the one in the review that said I was wearing a wig? <laughs> like yeah uh frankenfurter and his uh regalia and wig and i was like oh my god i grew this hair myself <laughs> i, I yeah. cut my hair for a roll i'm a native american cut my hair i deserve to be <laughs> recognized as having done that but yeah no it's that's it's i grew it myself oh yeah yeah but yeah check out that review uh it's a very good one but yeah that's that's what i'm in about these days so thank you for having me yeah thank you for coming on it was kind of thank short you. notice thank you to uh, josie also for Handling the internet. Yeah, and all you millions out there. Yeah. Get get confident. Ask some questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't I was like, I don't even know what to call you. I'm gonna say you're Steve O people are like, Who the fuck? No, yeah. I yeah, that's this was a bell curve. No one like I left Salinas, no one called me that for a while, and then like now I'm that's what I go by again, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. Thanks again for doing this. Yeah, thanks for and having me. yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, go check out if you like our show. Go check out you know the other Salad Bites Media crew, man. We got they threw in Comadres, mm. Comandriando there talking about well, whatever they talk about. I I still want to do that uh, California music history podcast. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm yeah, that's a a really good yeah. I like that idea. We have a bunch. Yeah, we have a lot of other shows though. So, but I want to do yeah yeah. I'm all trying to. No, we'll talk about another hour here. Like so, I've I've been like since we talked about that like a year ago or whatever. I've been like kind of maybe like subconsciously really just consolidating all my knowledge that I have about that and like learning more. So, I can, yeah, I kind of have a lot to say about that. So, we'll definitely kick the ball around and see what, what's there. Let's make some plans. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, go check out Eight Three One Comadres. We also got the Electron Bono Movie Power Hour. For all you movie buffs, they got a new one coming out. I forget the movie. I wasn't on that episode, so it sucked. Ah, no, just kidding. Go check them out. Uh, we also got Stay Low Podcast, and they must know what they're doing because they, they're guiding me on my fantasy team, and I'm kicking ass. Mm. And then right. not, finally, we got the Nakama Podcast for all you anime buffs. People love it. People love it, you man. To, you need to have Eddie on that, on that show. Yeah, that's, dude. 
Eddie He'll is school Eddie them. is my like main source for weeb things. Fuck yeah. I'm in his band, the Microclouds. So they're also playing on the 30th. So just pay attention to their social media, the Microclouds. I want him here because again, yeah, when the weebs are around and they're like in Japan, in Japan they do this, in Japan they do that. I'm like, Eddie, really? Like, Eddie is. Like, I trust you. Eddie should never hear me say this because he was already huge, but he's like, like straight up, like low key, a like, uh, like weeb deity. Two people who meet him are like, oh yes, you look like a living anime character, and he's like, yes, well, that's just what I am. He's he's the <laughs> Japanese Bruce Lee, man. <laughs> uh, what's the shades? He looks like a crazy eighty-eight dog. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I really I want us to cover one of those songs, but yeah, one of those days. One of those days. Anyway, thanks to you, thanks to the listeners, thanks to Salinas for doing what you do and giving us stories to talk about. Oh yeah, we'll catch y'all next week. Much love, peace.